What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Combo Church Podcast. My name is Craig. And my name is Kara, and we are the lead pastors of Combo Church. If you are listening on combochurch.com, iTunes, or Spotify, make sure you subscribe, follow, and like. We love it when you share with your family and friends, and we would love it if you could leave us a great review. Our prayer for you is that the message today will inspire purpose, encourage life, and build faith in you. Enjoy Enjoy the the message. message. So as I was thinking about this message, and pastor's been going through the book of Acts, and we're going to be in Acts chapter 3. So if you have your Bible, this is the time to open up your phone and uh, not go to Facebook, but go to the YouVersion Bible app. I know your type because I am that type sometimes. So go to YouVersion Bible app and go to Acts chapter 3. We're going to start with verse number 1. I'm going to be there in a little bit. And as I thought about this message, it's awesome what God does, is, is doing through our church and what he's doing through the local church and what he did in the book of Acts and is still continuing it today. It is phenomenal. There is no lack of the Holy Spirit. There is no lack of, of people wanting to take the message to a lost and dying world. There is no lack of folks that are hungry for the gospel message. And, and I believe as we go through these messages, as we go through the book of Acts, I want you to be inspired to say, can we do that in our day? And we need to say, yes, we can. Because Jesus is the same what yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change, church. We might slow down a little bit. We might, we might say, well, well, I'm done, but God's never done. He keeps on going. Put that next slide up. It's the, it's the definition of the church, the consistent. I love the word consistent. Be consistent and faithful gathering of Jesus followers filled with the Holy Spirit. Church, when I was 18 and I got filled with the Holy Spirit, I had no idea what that means, but I couldn't even read the Bible until that day. I didn't understand what the word meant until the Holy Spirit came upon me and I started speaking in tongues. And from that day forward, it has just been incredible. Don't give up on that. Don't say, well, it didn't happen or it's not going to happen. Allow the Holy Spirit to do something in your life and see what God can do. The Holy Spirit who have devoted themselves to biblical discipleship, fellowship, prayer, and fulfilling the Great Commission. And you have arrived at a church that is doing all that. Amen? If this is your first time here, you have arrived at a great place. We don't want you to leave because we want you to be a part of the Jesus followers at this church that are doing something awesome in the world. How many of you have ever done a project and you picked up the wrong tool to do the project? I want to show you guys something. I'm always showing you guys something. This isn't normal for me. Ask my family. I'm not always bringing stuff up the stage, but just felt like I needed to. Now, this is a crowbar. It's a little mini crowbar. Don't laugh at me, guys. I have another one, but I figured for this one, rock, is that the kind of work you do? (laughs) Okay, so it is not for building, all right? Men, right? Women, it's not for building, although if you look up here, there's a couple nicks because it's used as a hammer sometimes, right? Amen? Don't laugh at me. You do it, too. This thing is not used for everything, and especially not for building something up. It is used for what? To tear something down. We love demo day, don't we? When you get to destroy stuff. I I love destroying stuff that I'm looking at and say, what am I going to do now? (laughs) Now i got to start the building process. This is a tool. It's It's not a bad tool, but it's used for one purpose. Now, this other tool that I brought up here, I have too many tools, is used for what? Is used to pound nails and to build something. I can give this hammer, not to me. Not to me. But I can give this hammer to some folks in the congregation in the world and just put the hammer in a box of nails. They can build something that is beautiful, right? You don't even need any other tools. This is building. 
this is kind of destructive, right? This is, it could be used to helpful. This is destructive. This is for building up. So as I go through this message today, I want you to think, in my life, are you using the right tool? Is what is in your hand the right tool for the job, for the ministry, for the place that God has you at that moment? How many of you like to go cut your own Christmas tree down? Not go to Home Depot, okay? That's where I went. I, I went to Costco last day. All right. Uh, Nicole, did you do it this year? Oh, she, <laughs> she had her hand raised so high, but then she says no. So growing up, my family, not my family, my, not my family in Ohio. We didn't, we, my dad brought cr- Charlie Brown Christmas trees every year. But I'm saying my family here, we had the tradition of going up to the mountains and cutting the Christmas trees. I'm not sure if I'm a cheapskate because it was only 10 bucks or it was the experience, but we did it. Okay, so we're going to cut the Christmas tree. Rachel's going to go, oh, no, Dad, don't tell this story. So one time we're going to Markleyville. How many of you have been to Markleyville? All right, it's a great little town. Don't blink, you'll go right through it. So we're in Markleyville, and we turn to Ben, and we go to the Christmas tree. There's signs everywhere leading us up to this Christmas tree place. And we get to a place where there's a bunch of cars there. And we're like, well, that's cool. There's cars here. We probably should stay here. No. I said, but there's a hill here, and it looks like if we go up the hill, we should be able to find better trees. Amen? Because the better trees are up in the hills. So I said, should I go? And my 10-year-old daughter, who is now 22, sitting there. She looks so innocent, but she wasn't. I hear her chanting in the, I hear her chanting in the back, go, Dad, go, go, Dad, go, go, Dad, go. And my lovely wife is saying, Maybe we shouldn't go. <laughs> and my son was on his Xbox. Well, not Xbox, but he had his DS back. He didn't care. So I start going up the hill, and everything's great. It was a four-wheel drive, so don't mock me too much. We're going up the hill, and just before we get up at the top, it didn't want to go anywhere. So I'm like, oh, no, what are we going to do now? It started going backwards, okay? And I could not get any traction to go forward. It starts going backwards, and like any smart individual, you should put on the brake, right, because that's going to work. So I put on the brake, and this thing goes to the left, and it's just going down this hill. There's cars down there. I'm so nervous I'm going to hit one of them. It goes to the left, and boom, lodges into this rock, this huge rock. Snow on the side, rocks there. Car is locked in the plate. I mean, it is not moving. I'm trying, you know, that that scary feeling. There's people there, but they're cutting their trees. They don't really care. I didn't even see anybody at that moment because there was just the cars there. Getting It wasn't getting dark, so I'm not going to make this dramatic where the sun's going down and we had like two minutes. But it was, yeah, sad music. It was Sunday after church, and the car was not filled with praise at that time. I can tell you that much. Yeah. So we're like, let me get out and assess the damage, because that's what all good guys do. We love kicking the tires, opening the hood, which we have no idea what to do, and then we go assess the damage when we know we can't do anything about it. So I went out there, and I look, and I go, yeah, it's locked. It's, it's stuck. There's no way we're getting out of here. Middle of nowhere, I said, I don't think we're getting AAA. I, I don't think they're coming this far out. And then out of the blue, somebody knocks on the window. Debbie rolls down the window, and this lady goes, Debbie? And Debbie goes, I'm going to make it up. You might know the name. She goes, Julie? What are you doing? We're cutting our tree. What are you guys doing? Well, can't you see? I'm thinking, can't you see we're kind of locked here? She goes, 
is there anything we can do to help? And I'm like, I don't know. What do you guys got? You know, there's trucks, but there wasn't anything that really can help us. We know there's a guy here with the snowmobile. I'm like, snowmobiles might work. That sounds really good. Big truck, snowmobile, that might be the answer. So he get, this guy comes over. I don't even know if it was the husband. It was somebody. He comes over. T- we tie a rope on the car or the truck or the Durango, and he starts going. I start going, and praise the Lord, the car got out of there, just moved right out of there. Yeah, I don't know if there's clapping at that moment, but there went with the car was out of there, and then we're all good, you know, so I'm like, we should probably go to Home Depot now and get the tree. No. Debbie loves to find that Christmas tree. I had to carry that. I think it was torture. I think we carried that tree for about two miles <laughs> up the hill. We went up the hill. We found the tree and brought it back down to the car. It took forever to get that tree to the car. I can still remember that thing. It was just horrible. No, the tree was wonderful, but the, the experience to get to that place was kind of tough. Here's the deal. Was that the right tool for the job? I mean, who could have put, how many snowmobiles have you seen when you went to cut down a Christmas tree? It was the perfect tool for the job to unleash us out of that rock so that we can do what we needed to do. Amen? It was right there, and it was provided for us. Now, I'm not saying God put it there. He may have, I believe, in favor of God. But it was there when we needed it. And it moved us out of that place. And as you think about this message this morning, you can say, I'm going to use one tool that maybe works but possibly work. But I want you to look deep inside of you and pull out the tool that God has put inside of you to work every single time. And say, Lord, I don't want what's maybe going to work. I want, God, what you could make work every single time in my life. The title of this message is In Us and Through Us. In us and through us, because the Holy Spirit is inside of us. Pastor's been speaking so much about the Holy Spirit, and he spoke on the day of Pentecost when they were all gathered together. The room was, was the, you can hear the sound of a rushing wind, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And Jesus says, wait in Jerusalem and you receive what? Power, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. That word power is dunamis, dunamis, which we get the word what? Dynamite, okay? I think dynamite's cool too. Hammers, crowbars, and dynamite are really cool. <laughs> you know I teach sixth grade. If you've been here many times, you've, I teach sixth grade science, and everybody wants to blow up something or dissect the frog. I'm like, you're not going to do any of those things, so just get it out of your head. Little boys love to blow stuff up. But here's the deal. If there's a log jam, did you ever hear that word? There's a log jam. Logs flowing down the, the road and or the river and they're all in one spot and you can't move them so rocky would come with his little crowbar let's move some of the logs out of the way that's not going to work right so what do they do they put dynamite in the middle of some of those logs and they explode it and they blow it up and it frees the logs to go down the mountain the power of that dynamite and the explosion frees it to open it up And that's the same word that Jesus uses when he says you will receive what? You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. It's not that you can go blow stuff up, right? But that your spirit, the power inside you can be used to help people to go on their journey. Amen? It's powerful. It's not just something where we come to church and we sit here and we listen to a message and we go home and we fight with our family still and we forget everything that we learned. We need to say, Lord, use the power that's inside of me to impact this world in us and through us to do something awesome. All right, I hope you're in Acts chapter 3 right now. I have contacts plus glasses. Don't get old, kids, okay? All right, Acts chapter 3, verse 1. says this, Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon 
to take part in the 3 o'clock prayer service. That was normal for them. They had three times of prayer, so this was the 3 o'clock prayer service. They were going up to the temple. As they approached the temple, a man lame from birth was being carried in. Each day he was put, he was put beside the temple gate, the one called the beautiful gate, so he could beg from the people going into the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. So you have this gentleman that was lame how long? You gotta listen to this what I'm reading. He was he was lame from birth. So this wasn't just the day before he broke his leg. He was lame from birth, and every day people would put him there so that he can beg for some money. When I read the Bible, I often think, why are some labels put on people that are there forever? Think about doubting who? Thomas. He made one mistake, and it really wasn't even a mistake. He said, I just want to see for myself. I put the hands in, in his side and in his hands and my, my, my fingers in his hands, and he's been doubting Thomas ever since. He was probably the most positive guy ever, and one day he's labeled for the rest of his life. There is Simon the Tanner. He, lived, he was a tanner, so that's what he did. There is uh, Rahab, the who? Prostitute. She's in heaven right now, and, and the Bible teaches us that she's in the lineage of David. Rahab, the prostitute, still in the New Testament, labels on these folks. I think of Mary Magdalene. She had, think about this, and I thought, how do they know this? But she had seven, not one, not two, not five, seven demons cast out of her. I always often thought, who's the demon counter? Oh, there's one. There's two. There's three, four. I, I, I was like, is it seven different times? I, I re, I'm like, this. I just think of these things when I read the Bible. How? Yeah, Brandon would have the demon. You're the demon counter. Make sure you, how, you can't see demons. How do you know this? Because it's in the Bible and it's inspired by the, the Holy Spirit. But I'm like, how do you know seven? Once again, I'm a sixth grade teacher. I think all seven show up in my room every day. <laughs> They're roaming the earth. Just teasing, just teasing. Stop. I'll get fired. Okay. We have labels for people, and especially in the, uh, the school industry that I'm in. IEP, 504s, ADHD, HD. There's so many HDHDs out there. The drug markets love them, and if they need it, that's fine. But, man, there are so many different hyper- whatever they call all that stuff. I hear all the time, my son's not a reader, my daughter's not a math student, they're shy, they're loners, so forth. The other day I'm in a meeting, and we had a parent who was, we're going through one of these IEPs, and I will not mention any names, and don't ask me about it. So we've got this parent, and she's sitting there, and, and she's like, I teach science, and she said, oh, she's really good in math and reading, but she's not good in social studies and science. And I go, What? So it was on Zoom. She was at home. I'm in the room there. She couldn't really see me. So I looked up the grades. And I go, I think, you're, I can't remember everybody's grades. So I think, she, I, said, I believe she's doing really good. So I look up her grade, and she's got a B in science. And she's got a, like a C plus in social studies. And, and I couldn't convince her that her child, and she has an A and a B in math. We don't need to be in this meeting anymore. Your child does not need this label. She's doing well on her own, and we're not giving her any extra help. But the parent kept consisting. No, this is who she is. I have two other kids that are like this too, and this is who she is. And I thought she's going to go to high school having to deal with this when she could be freed from it. Not that it's that big of a deal, but she could be freed from it. 
And it's the same way with us in this church. Somebody has put a label on you, and you can be freed from it. The Holy Spirit can free you from it. But you'd rather deal with the label than deal with the freedom that you get from the Holy Spirit. Why? Because it's easier to walk in that than it is to walk in the freedom that Christ wants to give you. It's true. You go up to people, they'll ask them who they are, they'll tell you exactly who they are. I'm reading this great book, and it says what you think about, what you say about your life in the morning and throughout the day is who you're eventually going to be. And if you keep saying this is going to be a terrible day, it's going to be uh, nothing's ever good's going to happen to me, the little man never gets ahead. If I thought the little man would never get ahead, I would never get a little ahead because I'm a, I'm a little man. I got to really believe that I could do something, right? Listen to this. When you trust, when you trust in your own ability and your own ways, you will get human-sized results. Turning to God will get you God-sized results. We need to stop saying it's about us and it's about our ability and it's about what Christ can do through us and the Holy Spirit. Transformation is never easy, church, but it is worth it. Transformation is not something that just happens overnight. Ask a butterfly. It's difficult, but it's so worth it. It's so important for us to go through that transformation. Verse number four says this. Peter and John looked at him intently, and Peter said, look at us. I just see, look at, come here, look at me. The lame man, once again, the lame man looked at them eagerly, expecting some money. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. Get up and walk. See, the man wasn't looking for the man wasn't looking for a healing that day because he, he's been born. This has been like this since his birth. He was looking for what? Some cash. He was looking for some money. And Peter looks at him and said, look, I don't have any silver or gold, but what I do have, I'm going to give you. It would have been easy for Peter to give him a dollar, right? Whatever that is, denarius back there, some temple coins. It would have been easy for him to pull something out of his pocket and give it to him. But that would have been a temporary fix to something permanent in that man's life that he's been dealing with since birth. He could have been 25 or 35, I don't know. But he's been dealing with this since birth. And if Peter pulled out of his pocket and gave him some money, it would have been okay for a couple minutes, but it would have never changed his life. Peter gave him his life back. I wrote this down. What was in Peter's pocket couldn't change the man. What was in Peter's spirit changed the man forever. What was in his pocket wouldn't change him. But what, what the Holy Spirit inside of him changed him for eternity. Church, are you reaching for the right tool? Are you saying, are you saying that I only have money and I can't give anything else? Money's fine. Look, we gave $90,000 and that's wonderful. But when the Holy Spirit touches you to do something, you got to go and do it. You cannot hold back. We're given to X-Hope, and X-Hope is helping orphans and, and folks in U Uganda. And, and I'm given to legacy. So every week or whatever, Deb and I are pledged, and, and we're given to legacy. Church, I can't wait to get on a plane someday, take a trip over there, and grab a little orphan by the hand and say, silver and gold I don't have, but in the name of Jesus, this is what I have. Pick them up and say, walk again, Right? I'm not going to say I don't know if it can happen because if it happened back then, it can happen now. Everybody say this. Ready? I'll say it once, then we're going to repeat it. But what I'll give you, but I'll give you what I have. Ready? But I'll give you what I have. One more time. But I'll give you what I have. 
What do we all have inside of us that we can give? When we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we can give this power to people where they don't have to stay in this misery forever. They could walk. They could stand up. They can believe again. They can trust again. This man who was lame from birth didn't have to go back. How cool it is that he didn't have to go back to the temple ever again, but he was free to do whatever he wanted to do now. Verse number seven. Then Peter, Peter took the man, or took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. What a great day that was. He jumped up, stood on his feet, and began to walk. Then walking, look at these, look at these words, walking, leaping, Praising God, walking, leaping, praising God. He went into the temple with them. He got up. He started praising. He started worshiping. He didn't worship Peter, right? He worshiped the God of Peter who was able to bring this healing upon him because he heard in the name of Jesus Christ, stand up and walk. Too often we're so, uh, we're, we're, we're so quick to praise the person. We say, look how good the person is doing. Look how good this individual is doing when it's not the individual. It's God who's empowering the individual to do something. One of my favorite preachers besides Pastor Craig, of course. I really have to say that second service so he can hear me. Uh, is uh, Stephen Furtick. I love, I love listening to Stephen Furtick. I just love how he push, puts messages together. And uh, they're inspiring, but they're also challenging for me that I want to go and do something. So you think, man, he's such a good preacher. He just has it all together. All he does is wake up on, on Sunday morning, and he does it. Then he starts preaching. No, he'll tell you. It's hours and hours of work and prayer throughout the week. But here's the best part. Here's the best part, church. He says, and I don't even know if it's a, a uh, Pentecostal charismatic church. It sure seems that way. He says before he even comes out, he's in the green room. We don't really have a green room. We have a tented area. <laughs> but someday we're going to have a green room, okay? So he's, amen. We're believing for a green room. He's in the green room. He says, I'm just walking, speaking in tongues, just asking the Lord to minister to me and walking and speaking in tongues. And there are, there are times when he'll come out and he will say, I'm, God changed the message this morning. And God put, new, something, put, put something new in my heart. And God put something different there. See, it's not about him. And people will praise him. Look how big the church is. Look how good he's doing. Look at all this stuff. It's not about him, church. It's about the Holy Spirit working inside of him, right? Another great Baptist preacher is uh, Charles Spurgeon back in the 1700s. How many of you were born in the 1700s? Don't raise your hand if you were, okay? Not allowed to. Back in the 1700s, there was no microphone. In England, where it, I think they said it can hold 500 to 1,000 people with kids, okay? I mean, you brought kids to church, right? I'm sure there wasn't some great children's ministry. There could have been. I don't know. But they're, they're all in this room without a Church, if you want to read something incredible, buy the book that, but that has his messages and read them. They will change your life. He didn't beat around the bush. He preached the Bible, and people got saved. People went into the kingdom of God. And he said, I never attributed to my own study, 
I never attributed to anything that I can do. Listen to this. I attributed to the 75-plus people that were down in the basement of that church every Sunday as I was preaching. I, I attribute whatever glory, whatever accomplishments I have to them. They were the power. The Holy Spirit moving and working in them allowed me to do this. We often see people up front and we go, oh, they're so good. They're not good. They're normal men and women like all of us, right? Yes, they have some gifts. Yes, they have some talents. But it's the Holy Spirit. You see, when, he, when, this, young, when this man got up, he didn't praise Peter or, or, or John. He praised who? He praised the Lord. I think we need to focus our eyes more on God than on the things of this earth, right? We sometimes want to look at the things of this earth and say, look how good they are and how, how, how pleasant they are. No, it's about God's working in each of us that should be praised. Amen? I, I want to praise more somebody getting saved and, and, and turning their heart over the Lord than anything else that this world could give me, right? Christmas is coming. Who cares about the presents? Deb, don't take them back. Who cares about the presents? But it's about people during this season finding Christ. Amen? That's what's more important. Verse number 9. Uh, Jonas, you, or Josh, you come up. Verse number 9, if Jonas came up, that would be good too. But Josh... Verse number nine, all the people saw him walking and heard him praising God. Oh, my goodness. Think about that, church. When the world sees us praising and worshiping God, they will be changed. They're not seeing it, so they're not changing. When they realized he was the lame beggar they had seen, seen so often at the beautiful gate, they were absolutely astounded. They rushed out in amazement to Solomon's colonnade, where the man was holding tightly to Peter and John. See, when... The pastor's been saying that when, when the church, when people start seeing signs and wonders, they're going to flock. They're going to want to know exactly what we're doing, and they're going to be here, and they're going to come, and they're going to say, I want a lot of that. What happens to us is we go out, and we live the life that we've always lived. We reach for that old tool and say, I think I can do it with American Express. I'm not saying anything about credit cards. I think I can do it with this drugs and those drugs. I'm not saying anything about, about drugs if you need them. I'm gonna die. I think I can do it with all, this, with all this other stuff and saying, I have the Holy Spirit. And I can do it through the power of the Holy Spirit. And I'm not going to live the life that I've always lived, but I'm going to worship God and I'm going to believe God for a miracle in my marriage, in my family, in my work, and everything else is going on in your life. And when you trust him, it's amazing how the world's going to see that instead of seeing you or seeing the victory in you. They're going to see God. They praise the Lord for what they saw. They praise God for what they saw. They looked at the Lord for what they saw, when they saw that. As you know, maybe if you don't, but if you don't know this, it's kind of weird. We've been through two years of pandemic, right? I'm not going to have you raise your hand, but most of you, I think, I don't know, and I, I'm not going to have you raise your hand. Most of you, before the pandemic, pandemic, you went to church, okay? So you went to church and you're back, right? A lot of church folks, supposedly, and I'm not going to say they're not a Christian or not, a lot of church folks are not in church today because churches are, are empty. Pastors are quitting because... There's nobody coming back. There's not a lot of people coming back. And I thought about this. If all you give them is gimmicks, lights, and pretty songs, and you don't give them the spirit, you don't empower them, you don't preach the Holy Spirit, what is there to come back to? TV's better than anything we can offer, right? 
We, you, with the TV could put on any show. There, there's more men watching football right now and more women watching football that are in church. They used to be in church that didn't care about football, but they started watching that because they're like, hey, it's just the same as when I went to church. If you give them gimmicks, if you give them all the, the fancy stuff, but you don't give them God and you don't give them the Bible and you don't empower them and say you need to be empowered by the Holy Spirit, there's nothing to come back to. Think about a good restaurant church. If it's good, will you go back, right? You tell all your friends about it and you want to go back. Why are they not coming back? There was nothing to come back to. Is that our fault? I don't know whose fault that is. But we need to say, Lord, we don't want that. We want to give people something where if it's gone, they're going to miss it so much that they're going to say, hey, I need to get back to that. There's something there that I need to go back to. There's something there that I need to, to, to have in my life. One of the best parts of this story, and I don't know if you missed it, but I didn't miss it. What was he from birth? He was lame, right? It says in verse number 11, they all rushed out in amazement to Solomon's colonnade where the man was holding tightly to Peter and John. We never learned the man's name. We never learned what his name was. But look, church, the label's gone. It didn't say the lame man was holding on to him. It says that the man was holding on to him. When you go to church, I know it's pastor's prayer. I know his heart. When you go to church, we don't want you to leave and say, I'm bringing all my baggage, and I'm taking all my baggage with me. What's the purpose of that, right? You, you don't want to, we, we want you to come and just take it all home. But it's our prayer. It's our deep prayer. There was 30 people in the back praying before service. I don't know, maybe 30 or more praying before service because we want to see a change in your life. And today, church, you don't need to be that lame person. You don't have to have that lame marriage anymore. And I'm not saying that lame. I'm saying it's broken. You can have it fixed this morning. You don't have to have that child that's a prodigal because you, you're going to pray for him and you're going to believe for a miracle and you're going to see something happen. You, you can have the job that you want if you pray enough and say, God, that's what I want because I want to glorify you. You don't have to be stuck in something that you hate for the rest of your life. You don't need to be broken emotionally and physically. God wants to do something in your life this morning. You don't need to leave here. And we never want you to leave here the same way that you came in. And especially if you say, I came to church lame and I left lame, we don't want that. We want to believe God for a miracle. Stand to your feet this morning. We're going to pray for a miracle this morning. The Holy Spirit's here. Church, if you can pray, be praying now for somebody. If you have a, if you have a heavenly language, pray in that heavenly language. We're a Pentecostal church. We believe in that. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Let's just praise God this morning. Praise you, God. We worship you. It's not about me. It's not about what I can say. It's about what you can do in this moment. Heavenly Father, we lift you up. We praise you. We exalt you. We worship you. Worship him, church. Worship him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You don't need a song. You need a heart. Hallelujah. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Father God, we praise you. We worship you. We honor you in such a wonderful way this morning, God. We've seen the lamb walking. We've seen hearts that are broken change. We've seen lives that aren't saved become saved, dear God. We've seen marriages that are broken come back to life. We've seen, we've seen financial issues being restored. Father, we love you. Praise your holy name. Praise your holy name, Lord God. Praise your holy name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Close your eyes for a moment. Close your eyes for a moment. If you came to this place and 
there's something going on in your life and you're like, Pastor Rocky, I just need you to pray for me this morning because it is broken and I need a miracle this morning. Whatever it is, whatever the situation is, let's just believe God for a, for, for a miracle this morning. If there's something going on in your life and it is broken, I just want you to raise your hand and we're going to pray this morning. Thank you, guys. Anybody else? Just raise them. My hand's up, too. My hand's up, too. I need a miracle this morning. Heavenly Father, you see those hands that are raised, dear God. You see those hearts that are calling out to you. Father, and I believe the same Jesus that raised that lame man from, the, from his infamy uh, could raise these folks up this morning, Lord. The same God that raised up Lazarus out of the grave can raise them up this morning, Father. We believe in miracles, Jesus, and we're praying in the name of Jesus. Do something wonderful, God. Minister, minister in powerful ways, Lord. Bless in powerful ways. Before folks leave today, let them not bring the baggage with them. But pr I pray, Lord, that they will leave it here, Lord. That they would be changed, God. That they would be restored. That they would be renewed. And through that, God, they would go out and change the world. And that's my prayer for all of us. Father, that the Holy Spirit inside of us would be used in powerful ways, God, to change the world. In us and through us, dear God, for a change. We love you, Father. We praise you and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you again for joining us on the Convo Church podcast. Special shout out to those who give so generously to Convo Church. It's because of you that this ministry is even possible. If you want to sow into the ministry, go to ConvoChurch.com and simply click the Give button. It's that easy. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe, follow, take a screenshot, and share it on your social stories and tag us at Convo Church. Thanks again for listening. And make sure you tune in to the next episode of the Combo Church Podcast.